Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And I am just trying <laughs> to contain excitement, um, anxiety, emotions. Yes. We are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday in the morning. We are three hours away from coverage starting. Yep. Which is about like six hours away from the game starting. <laughs> Which is like 10 hours away from the game ending. Yeah. Uh, at least 10 hours. With the way the playoff games went, I wouldn't be surprised if like it's 11 hours away from the game ending. Right. I don't know. I, I, I put my uh, prediction in the – I put my prediction in the Discord server. Which you could see if you were a Patreon supporter at the $5 a month level. Patreon.com slash get offset. Now, I'm not a betting person. I I don't make cash bets. It's just not something that I do uh, out of self-care. But if I were a betting person, what I would bet is the following. Final score, 27-31. Bengals win. Bengals are going into fourth quarter after the two-minute warning. They're going down the field. They're trying to get – It's they've got 24 points. Rams have 27. They're just trying to get into field goal range. And in the process of the Rams trying to stop them from getting into field goal range, they accidentally let somebody through for a touchdown to bring it up to 31 points. <laughs> you know, Andrew, this is one of those cases where like <laughs> – I've told you to stop making predictions on this show because you predicted some nasty shit that came true. I hope this is the one where, like, you're right. I hope so, too. Uh, I, Man. I'm admittedly – I don't have a lot of skin in this game. Um, yeah. I, I'd honestly be happy, genuinely happy either way. Uh, so I, I – I wouldn't. I don't have any jitters. <laughs> because, like, on one hand, like, as a Chargers fan, I, I kind of actually want – the Rams – so I, I wouldn't mind the Rams winning because as a Chargers fan, I kind of want to be like, this is what you get for moving to L.A. to join a team that was already there and already had a fan base. Leaving behind your own fan base and now you're just going to watch them win the Super Bowl and continue to lose fans. So that would be my big uh, F you to, to Mr. Spanosh. But the flip side of that is uh, Bengals are – Good gravy! Talk about an underdog story, and I'm I'm a huge fan of the uh, the little engine that could kind of stories. Uh, I got my orange distortion pedals. I got another orange. Got my orange boys. But, I'm gonna hold real close. Yeah, hold all the orange boys real close. Uh, which is uh. Where I'm getting, it's which is my tiebreaker between the two teams of who I'm going to end up rooting for, is if it's a 50-50 <laughs> split down the middle, I mean, if one team's orange and one team's not, I mean, that's instant deal breaker or tiebreaker right there. So go Bengals. Who day? <laughs> go Bengals. I, I never to bring thought, it back to the music. <laughs> I was just going to say, I never, never thought, thought I'd identify with Ohio so much. So well, you've been co-hosting a podcast for several years with an Ohioan. So, I mean, it's it happens. It wears off on you. To bring it back to music, when I was um, 
20, I interned at the Beggars Group. Um, that's one of those labels is um, Vampire Weekend's label, or was. And that was when Contra... That was when Contra came out. And I, on my second to last day, I think it was, um, the band was doing a photo shoot nearby. And the CDs and stuff for Contra had come in. So I was tasked with uh, joining the publicist. I was the PR intern, so I was tasked with joining the publicist at the shoot, bringing the guys copies of their new CD. And they were so nice to me. And the drummer, Chris is a huge Bengals fan. Mm. He likes the Bengals. So I hope I hope he's watching tonight and cheering for the Bengals, Chris. I was just thinking about that last night because I made a um, TikTok of my uh, Mad Cat guitar, which is hanging up next to an autographed um, poster I got of Vampire Weekend from the Contra record. <clears throat> I also picked up the masters for that record and delivered them to the label. So... That's my my little contribution to a number one record. Well, there Probably you go. Probably the closest I'll ever get to one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was very exciting. Um, yeah, but I do have a what's new this week. Oh. Oh. It's it's a pizza pedal. It's the slice of pie. It's the big ear pedals and tone mob collaboration. I just I'm so happy about that, but you want to know what I want to know the most? What? Who did they get to do that enclosure? Because that's so cool. F5 Metalworks is what um, Heather from GodsMom.com said. That's so cool. Yeah. So there was actually um, credits. Enclosure design is Jesse from Rude Tech. Circuit is Zach from Mythos Pedals. Powder coating and printing is F5 Metalworks. Oh, I just powder coating and printing. So Grant, I was on a live stream on a 60 cycle hum with Grant. Yep. I was on a live stream with 60 cycle hum and Grant um, this Friday, um, their normal Friday, 3 p.m. Uh, live stream over there at 60 cycle hum. And Grant said that basically they had to get a welder to custom fabricate these. So, um, when when there are people in like the guitar pedals Reddit or the gear page saying that like this shouldn't be more than fifty dollars, they're telling on themselves for having Zero absolutely no idea. understanding yep. of how this works. Yep. Like this is not <laughs> an enclosure you buy from Love My Switches right. or whatever. Like this is custom made and the bulk of the price of this unit. I'm actually shocked that it's only $200. Yeah. Like if it was an enclosure that had like a a number designation that sounded like a tax form, sure. $50 could be doable. You get your 1099 B, but yeah, that is a, that is homegrown right there. Yeah. No matter how you slice it. And it sounds massive. Um, it sounds great. And it's very photorealistic. F5 Metalworks did such a great job with the printing and powder coating. Like, I didn't know you could print such high-resolution graphics on a guitar pedal. I wonder what wow. they – do they do, like, uh, 
I'm wondering what they did for the print process. Does it say? No. Hmm. Answer your question. Cool. Thank you for asking if it said. And not if I. And if I knew and not just like, what did they do? Sure. I'm just a sucker for the details because I like to know. I, know. I like to wrap my head around how things like operate and work and what goes into something. It's just the attention to detail in every element of that. Because like they, they hired me to do like the unboxing and then do a little bit of a playthrough. Right. It was the box looks like a pizza box. Mm-hmm. The instructions are like a pizza menu. It's obviously shaped like a piece of pizza. Right. And it's printed on three sides. So you have the top, the back of the crust, yep. and the bottom of the crust. <sighs> you want to know why they didn't print on the sides? Why? Because that would have that would have put Blake awfully close to looking like he was supporting deep dish as a pizza. <sighs> you know I'm right. You know I'm right. I like deep dish. <clears throat> I think it tastes delicious. I also love deep dish. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. Oh, you want to know? Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna rage about pizza for a minute. Okay. Oh, are you gonna talk about mod pizza? Yes, I'm gonna talk about mod pizza. I'm actually like kind of mad. <laughs> like, I, I think you should be because I agree that is deceptive. Incredibly deceptive. So, I, y'all gotta listen to this bullshit. <laughs> this is. Absolute garbage. So <laughs> took the family out to dinner last night or really to get takeout, bring home and uh, movie night. But went decided to go to Mod Pizza. I've been working really hard on uh, eating right lately. And, you know, like obviously like there's no amount of getting around that no matter what you substitute, pizza is still not going to be super healthy. So but I was fudging it a little bit. But we decided on Mod Pizza because they had a cauliflower crust option and we could all get individual pizzas. Get home, eat him like this is really how is this cauliflower? Like that's really convincingly like ready. All right. And then I was like, no, there's no way this is just cauliflower. So I looked up the ingredients and um it's like, yeah, it's cauliflower, but it also has and none of this is it all talked about. Like it just says like cauliflower crust in the store. Like I'm that implies in any given context that this should be like a low carb slash keto friendly option. And it's got rice starch, tapioca powder, a whole bunch of other things in it that they've added in with the cauliflower. So it's like really just like a dashed cauliflower with a others refined carbs tie in, which like on one hand, I'm like, that's, that would have been fine if they just told me and I probably would have just got the regular crust and enjoyed my pizza more. But that sucks, dude. I'm, I'm annoyed. It's not the end of the world. It's not like I it's not like I'm allergic to anything cuz yeah. that would have been weird. But uh this is just me trying to uh shed some shed some poundage. And it's not the end of the world by any means. It's just more of a let's see here. Uh cauliflower crust is also made with rice flour, tapioca starch, rice starch, modified food starch and cultured brown rice. I mean, none of those things are inherently bad, but if you go in there thinking that you're getting, like, I would like for them to say, okay, so it, it is, um, it has 
That's a lot. It is a lot of carbs. It is 348 carbs. Sorry, I actually pulled it up. 126 fat and 72 protein. So it's mostly a carb still. Yep. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the Donato's website because Donato's is a pizza place that I like. They sell yep. it at Red Robin. They have a cauliflower crust option. Yep. And they're they're actually very clear. It has 30% fewer carbs than their normal pizza crust. So they're just like – it's 30% fewer. Yeah. And which, they're just like clear. Which is fine. And I'm sure that this one was a little bit better, but – it's one of those, like, if it's only going to be a little bit better, I'll just enjoy the real thing. Yeah. I would have just gotten a smaller one, had more salad. Yeah, to be clear, mod pizza crusts are already, they're pretty thin. It's not like you're getting, like, a big doughy experience. Right. It's the same with Donato's. Donato's is a cracker crust anyway. It's already kind of, like, a lower-carb pizza if you're going for, like, pizzas. But you know, well, I'm. I just feel it's not. It's not keto. Bamboozled, yeah. led astray. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm sorry. That sucks. It's okay. Mm-hmm. The pizza was still delicious, and I feel no guilt because I refuse to have a guilty relationship with my food. Good. That's healthy. I had a skyline cheese coney last night. I made a big pot of Skyline. We're going to make Skyline dip. Nice. Um, take it over to my brother's, which is um, cream cheese, Skyline chili, and a normal cheese. <laughs> which is fun. Man, I feel like I, I was having a big like mental moment because I could have sworn there were more ingredients in Skyline chili dip. I, I thought it was more than – I for sure thought it was more than three things. And I'm like looking. I'm like – how is it only – I thought there was like – I thought it was like a seven-layer dip. I thought there was like – for some reason, I thought there was like shredded lettuce in there. I thought people put tomatoes in there. I don't know if people like, where I live just like did it up. But now like I'm, I'm like pulling back and thinking like maybe it is – maybe it always was just the three things. Maybe. That's going to be delicious. I uh, My game day food today is going to be smoked chicken thighs compromising like small cheek compromise instead of pressing it to go thighs uh why is that a compromise thighs taste better they have more fat because they have more fat and i'm going for that doesn't make you fat but i'm i'm intentionally full i'm intentionally overdoing the the diet thing for the next six weeks six more weeks because the fat makes you full there's a 500 hundred dollar gift card on the line at my gym for whoever loses the most but fat makes you full, not fat. Well, I'm doing that. Uh, I'm doing an antipasto salad of sorts. So I'm basically just going to cut a bunch of veggies and oil and vinegar. Call it a day. And then I'll do some bread for my guests on the grill. <laughs> nice. I'll have a small slice. <clears throat> That's good. I am. Um, Rick smoked two pulled pork. But last night, we're taking that over to my brother's. Nice, nice. Along with the chili dip. So we're not going to go hungry. Does not sound like it. No. No. The only thing missing is I don't think we picked up any graders. Hmm. Yeah. Rick might have picked up a bottle of champagne, and I'm very afraid of... I'm I'm scared. Well, now if the Bengals lose, we know why. It's it's all about... 
He should have got the graders. That's the butterfly to be, to effect. To be clear, it's actually just, it's Prosecco. So everybody listening to this on Tuesday is either like or like happy for me. Right. So. Future, future Emily. It's okay either way. The Super Bowl is a big win for the people of Cincinnati. This is a good team. Yep. We should be happy that we even made it. Indeed. <sighs> and uh, we should also be happy to see hopefully more cute animals in Super Bowl commercials this year. That's what I'm hoping the trend is for the year. It's just cute animals. And not weird brands trying to sound all inspirational. I've been watching the Winter Olympics a lot because mm-hmm. I love I love the Olympics. I especially love the Winter Olympics. Um, just because some of the sports like curling, curling is like fancy shuffleboard that's bigger. So I just like sure. It, it's like it happens in a bar and like the teams can hear like what the other teams are saying. So it's, it's just it's just like a very interesting energy about it. And um, I just love it so much. And uh, some of the commercials are like, I don't know what this is a commercial for. And it's almost always like Discover Card. Sure. Like how how the hell is this commercial about like my father being there for me, even when he's not there for me physically about a fucking credit card? Right. But be, it's because they've found a way to make subliminal messaging overt, <clears throat> therefore <laughs> subverting the purpose of said messaging. Yeah. If you can remember, if you can remember that it's a Discover Card commercial at the end. Right, but the idea is like when you next time you see a Discover card, you're like, oh, dad. Yeah. A thing is like, that's the last credit card I would ever get. Like, because places don't take Discover card. Yep. Whatever. This the Back the other new thing I got. Oh, sorry. The other new thing I got was an iRig Stream Pro. Ooh, fancy. So if you don't already follow uh, Get Offset on TikTok, I am going to break this in by playing a harmonica through a maw. Oh. (laughs) iRig has come a long way from just like the little aux jack input. Oh, yeah, because I had that when it first came out, and it was fucking awesome. I'm very profane That's today. That's not it was the really word awesome. I was thinking of, but sure. Dude, that – okay, all right. You were different – okay. <laughs> but you're younger, so, like, you – you don't – we're different. We're different because sure. we had different, like – expectations of technology like my original recording was recording into like the microphone of a cassette player and like that's how i was recording like memories and demos or like like being able to record from an aux jack into like my ipad into garage band or whatever game changer for like getting ideas down like in songwriting class and stuff right oh amazing Anyways, back to curling before I forget. <laughs> it's like it, it seems like the most like Canadian making lemon like uh, lemonade out of lemons kind of situation is like it's so cold that there's even ice inside, so I uh, might as well play on it. Like 
I think it's really cool to watch them on the shoes because the bottoms of the shoes are so slippery and then they're just pushing themselves along with the sides. And it's almost like they're moonwalking or it feels like a glitch in the matrix if you're just like kind of like half-ass watching and then you're like, how are they physically moving right now? I feel like that would be really fun to watch if I was super stoned. Yeah, I was a little stoned last night, I would be honest. Yep, there you go. Watching the men's Canadian U.S. Uh, U.S. Men's versus the Canadians. We got uh, we got rocked. <laughs> when when I'm ready to retire, I'm just gonna be stoned watching curling all the time. I think that's my retirement plan. My matron of honor's uh, kid sister uh, did curling for a while. Oh, yeah. I never talked to her about it, but I think she had a lot of fun. It looks like fun. It seems like it's it's like in the same vein of like spike ball and like other fun things to do with like a group of bros. Yeah. It's kind of the vibe and I it's, get. It's, yeah. You don't have to be like in shape, really. It's like they are not super duper in shape Olympians. You just fair. have to be like, you have to have good strategy and be able to execute that strategy. Did you see that glitch in the Matrix that just happened? I did. <laughs> I don't know. So, anyways, back to curling. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> God in, damn it! Glitch in the matrix. Back to tic- little deja vu moment. Back to, back to TikTok, probably. Back to TikTok. Oh, what's new with you? What's new with you? What's though? new with me? Jeez. Um, <clears throat> got a TV. Nice. That's that's my big what's new. Outside of that, I've been pretty swamped this week, but. Uh, we went without a TV for darn near a year. And finally, it was like, well, we've been thinking about it for a couple months now. And then Super Bowl weekend, we're like, well, yeah, it might be time. Yeah. So got one. I, I you know, worked hours up from the Super Bowl. I'm supposed to have friends over in like four hours and I need to like move the TV on the wall for like a foot over. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the mount we got, like it's like you mount it to the studs and then you you can slide the actual like mount to the mount to like mm. the wall plate. Right. So I've got plenty of room to move it over, but that means I have to take the TV off, lean it against the couch, mm. undo a few screws, then scooch it over, redo the few screws, and then put the TV back on, set screw all that. Nice. But it feels a little bit like bringing my work home since I do audio video stuff for work right now, so got home with the TV like all right we're gonna do it I'm like I don't really want to so it took me forever to do it because it's dragging my feet my big regret for our TV mount was not getting one that you can like pull back and like swivel that's what we got yeah I regret it because now if, if I'm like in the kitchen cooking mm-hmm. I can't watch the TV I always recommend getting the uh, the swivel mount it's actually what I've got my computer monitor is on a swivel mount. I mean, oh, mine are mine are both on swivel mounts. Uh, now, <clears throat> yeah, I've got a yeah. always always a fan of that. And even if you don't plan on ever using it, the reason why I recommend it is the ability to come out and back in makes it so much easier if you have to swap out a cable or add something new, rather than try and climb back up there and you end up snapping an HDMI cable because that was a terrible yeah. whoever designed that. I mean, terrible design choice in terms of durability, but. Yeah, that's another concern I have. We might just swap them out, swap out the mount Do at it. some point. But it's just maybe. Um, I get you yeah, the hookup so, if you don't have a Costco membership. I could get you the hookup. It's a really reasonable deal. 
If we don't have a Costco membership. If we don't have a... If, uh, I'm sorry. sorry. Pacific Northwesterners North most Costco like, membership. That, that's the closest I think I've ever come to like a middle class fancy like dad flex, like challenging, like you got a Costco membership. If you don't got one, I can... It's like, the, like being extra nice, but like in a shady way. Yeah. No, we have a Costco membership. Um, yeah. We do. Their, their electronic deals are okay. Sorry, I got my TV. But it's, we got ours on Best Buy, and then we got like 2% cash back from something else. And it was on sale. So, uh, But back to TikTok. Oh, we lost all the subscribers. Um, sorry, guys. You went from making fun of me for being a digital native to talking the digital native's language. Make up your mind. A, Who's your audience? You're a young, you're a young millennial. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not quite digital native. I remember when the iPhone came out, which I think disqualifies me, me from being, yeah, cool. Oh, that's really that's what that's a disqualifier. <laughs> Is that it? No, it's if you look at like the divide between millennial and Gen Z. So like I was born in 94 and then at, between 94 and 98, you get that range of where people say Gen Z are started. And the two milestones that people bring up for are you Gen Z or not are one, do you remember 9-11? And two, do you remember when the iPhone came out? And That's interesting. Like, Because those, those were so far apart. They were. They were eight years apart. But 9-11 was more – Six years apart. 9-11 was more impactful for younger – kids like in terms of like traumatic you remember that the iphone is like being old enough to because back in the day we didn't just get phones when we were in fifth grade uh if you're old enough to like have the phone and like recognize like what was going on be like oh this is weird and yeah it's a di- kind of in tandem with that so if you're born in 98 you might not if you're born in 98 you're nine years old when the iphone c- came out that might not have registered as something notable in your life yeah yeah. Interesting. But TikTok, I, um, I make TikToks mm-hmm. and uh, this month is Black History Month. So I decided to do a TikTok, uh, just kind of repeating a claim that um, I'm not the first person to make. And that actually quite a few people have made, including She Shreds. <clears throat> I said, this is a friendly reminder that a black woman, Sister Rosetta Tharp, invented rock and roll. Now, controversy, rage. Well, her nickname is the godmother of rock and roll. (laughs) So like, and she, she was in the early forties before the term rock and roll existed. Um, It's pretty widely regarded that she's one of the most important figures in rock and roll before rock. You had a name. So to say she invented it, I think is pretty, pretty fair or a pioneer of it, however you want to say that. And, you know, I expected people to, to like have disagreements about like who invented it. I expected people to say like it was reductive, um, which, you know, it's it's TikTok. It's like a three minute max video. What do you want? Yeah, you short want form to, like, content, reductive, what? which I think is oh. one of the problems with it. And it philosophical level, I, but well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's TikTok, um, <clears throat> and uh, but so I and I kind of expected you know pe- misogynists to come out a little bit, um, 
you know, Sun Records had great PR and they convinced people that Rocket 88 was the first rock and roll song. And, um, you know, I got a lot of people saying that. And that's fair. I would just point out, you know, hey, her song, Strange Things Happening Every Day, has all the same elements that are kind of required in what we would define as the first rock song. God bless you. Thank you. Um, Andrew oh. sneezed several times off microphone. It looked like he pulled a black muscle. Yeah, Sorry a about bit. that, buddy. Ah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so her song, Strange Things Happening Every Day, was a crossover gospel pop hit and has all the same elements that Rocket 88 has, minus the sort of guitar that literally didn't exist yet because that happened in the studio by accident for that recording session. But it happened earlier, like three, two, three years earlier. So, better PR, yada, yada, yada. And I like to point out that... Um, Music historians don't even agree that Rocket 88 is the first rock song. Some don't like it for that pick for first rock song because it is a shuffle beat, mm. which I think is kind of bullshit. Exactly. Some people think that you can't, that, that, that disqualifies something as the first rock song, which I think is stupid, but fine. Um, as a drummer, I can at fun. least, I, I can understand and appreciate the argument to be had there. Oh yeah. I can appreciate the argument. I just don't think it's fair. Salient. I, I think word. that I get it. I mean, you want to have like a more driving beat for sure. Four I think on the that's floor. Fair. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But what I didn't expect was the racism. What? Listen, like, I'm not going to sit here and say I thought we solved racism because I'm not an idiot. I'm not that naive. However, I really thought we'd gotten past the point of thinking white people invented rock. You're just being woke. Listen, if I had to pick the first like 10 rock songs that were like hits, I think there'd be one white person and it's not anybody. It'd be fucking Hank Williams. (laughs) Like, and, and where do you get that sound? Black people. Well, like, and then the extra layer of mind blowing to that is that's not even taking into account that that was mm. still during segregation and not all black artists had access to recording studios. And there's, there's music that just never got recorded from that era. Yeah. Recording studios were still expensive. They, yeah. there was access. It was segregated access. Um, so I mean, what we have recordings of is such a small sample size of what was actually happening. But then I guarantee mm-hmm. you every white person with a guitar was getting recorded about that time. So, yeah. And, and then of course we have what was very common, which was a black artist would record something and then a white artist would immediately record it and have a hit with it. And right. that's what we remember. Right. And that's what, you know, Elvis did that <laughs> very famously yep. in the fifties. But rock and roll really started in the 40s. I think most historians agree with that. And if you want to talk about like the first rock music, you think when you think about the white artists, they were like rockabilly. 
kind of stuff. <sighs> and people are going to be thinking of like Bill Haley in the comments, comments for like early rock. And that's just the stuff that was on like the white charts. But like they were inspired by black artists who just couldn't get radio play. And right. this is not like a conspiracy theory. This is just facts. contextualization is everything. And when you and take that away the Bill context Haley, yeah. and allow a, a certain group of people to do all of the storytelling in a way that only makes them look good to kind of whitewash history a bit, it's almost as if they don't want critical race theory around for a reason. It's, it's, it's just taking, yeah, you just, you, if you take away the context and it looks like white people invented rock right. because that's just what it looks like on the billboard charts. Um, because that's what was, that's what was charting. But if you take the data can be so misleading, it really can. It takes away a lot of things. Um, but shoot. Oh, actually rocket 88 came in on 51. So, um, strange things happening every day had, uh, six or seven years on it so i mean if a lot of people consider that to be the first rock song that wasn't white artist either um you have to go pretty far in advance to get to get to white artists i think hank williams probably had was had one of the more rockin songs with um uh, move it on over. I think is one of them. Like he had, he had some rocking songs. Sure, he did. Um, but there's yeah. Now, so I, I was just really surprised by that. One guy, I just deleted his comment and I didn't respond to it. He said, "You may be right, but the problem with you millennials is oh. that." You're apologizing for things you didn't do, which I wasn't apologizing for anything. I was just like stating something that I believe to be a truthful fact. And he said, and there you go. Taking the side of the black race when you're in the white race, quit it. Huh. I can't believe it took me 32 years to get called a race traitor. I've been working so hard. Yeah, I just deleted that one. But Emily, racism doesn't exist anymore. Human race, man. I don't that care. Is... I'm like, one, if you're calling me, if you're saying the problem with millennials and you're talking like that, then you are too old to be on TikTok. I'm too old to be on TikTok. How are you here? Are you just there to like tell millennials to to stick to their own race? Like what? <laughs> it's the weirdest, one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me on the internet. And there's the problem plenty. with millennials. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, come join me on Stormfront. Like, come on people. <laughs> Is that what he was trying to do? Maybe. <laughs> Recruiting. I don't know. That would shock me said based that on if, that comment. Some guy said uh, that I had to give credit to the white people who invented the guitar, the electric guitar amplifiers amplification and electricity or something like that i had to thank the white people who invented electricity andrew invented electricity invented invented electricity that's shocking 
<laughs> I mean, you can, you, I mean, the earliest versions of guitars were discovered in ancient Egypt, but go off, sir. <laughs> are, are you calling him a liar? I mean, modern, the modern guitar was invented in Spain. The modern, a modern electric guitar was invented in America, Spain. I forget who invented the electric guitar. I think it was the guy from Dan Electro. Who invented? I know the answer to this question and my brain is just completely blanking out because I'm I'm like, my brain wants to say like Gibson. L series something. Um, I'm so mad at myself. I knew it was like a guitar name. Adolf Rickenbacker and George Beauchamp. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, thanks to them. Moving on with what actually matters in this discussion. Sister yeah. uh, Zeta Tharp. Badass. Yes. She, there's a great book about her called Shout, Sister Shout that was made into a musical that I highly recommend checking out. Yeah, I, the, the wild thing to me is, it why it, it's endlessly frustrating for someone to say, but this, but this, and you forgot about this, in, in an attempt to detract from, unrightfully so, from the contributions of an individual. Yes, or an entire group of individuals. Right. Yeah, I mean, the thing about... Sister Rosetta Tharp, but she did not get her flowers when she was alive. And she was not inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until very recently. Um, she was largely uncredited for her contributions to music um, for a very long time, despite her playing style influencing uh, hosts of people, especially her guitar playing style. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a lot of... Uh, a lot of things that people wouldn't do for years and she was really a pioneer and she deserves credit for that. I don't think that it's possible really to overcredit her um, for her contributions in early music um, and early rock and roll and uh, combining gospel and R and B and country influences with a, a heavier, a heavier, you know, percussiveness sure. and electrified guitars. Um, and damn, she just shreds. Mm-hmm. And like she was, a, she was a superstar in her time in the and gospel talk about, world. Okay, it, like I, I will be the first person to say I don't generally like old hardware, but her like that SG is mm-hmm. just magical. Um, yeah. To, to elaborate, so I realized that what I the previous comment I made didn't make it was a little rambly, but the uh, the thought that I'm having to expound on that is. Cherry picking contextualization versus sharing all of the contextualization or look similar at the surface, but aren't the same thing. And that's what I, I want to be, tell people to be cautious of that. And so cherry picking contextualization is, well, think, think the white guy who created electricity, like, come on, that's, that's going to be who you're going to say is a contributor to rock and roll. Like, sure. That, 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 that guy was just that guy was just trying to bait me into like res- responding. It, it's baiting. It's also it's cherry picking contextualization in a way to try and force a narrative 
versus while blatantly ignoring other important contextualization pieces. And that's, that is, I mean, it's selective argumentation. So that's, that's problematic. Uh, so it's much more important to then say, well, let's look at all of the contextualization and then draw conclusions from that. It's how you end up with data sets that are skewed a certain direction. So if you choose your data set of the white billboards from the fifties, you're going to get a very skewed chart there, a very skewed data set. Even though it is yeah. it is indeed factual, that if you can take a factual data set and get non-factual conclusions from it, and that's just that's data science basics um, paired up with argumentation. And so just be aware of that when you go to argue with people. Um, I'm more speaking to the listeners, but uh, be aware of that. There's... That's a very easy trap to get sucked into, and that get to. It's a line of argumentation that gets you to start questioning things when it doesn't need to be questioned quite that way. Um, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's hard um, because it then it kind of requires more mm-hmm. research on your part, right? And you know, you can tell when when people when when people in the comments like hadn't done. A lot of research. I mean, it's just like the the rocket eighty-eight. Well, it's like the rocket eighty-eight argument is is it's that that's PR. There, there. Rocket eighty-eight is a very important first, and guitarists know it's an important first. It's the first distorted guitar tone because there was the broken amplifier. They fixed it with some newspaper that they shoved in there. Gave it a unique tone Mm -hmm. that doesn't make rock. Effects do not make rock and roll effects rarely make genres yeah. um because uh, if unless they did, you count then, like high pass low pass filtering for edm but i mean they that's what rarely make genres like <laughs> like instrumentation is important in genres but like to say you can't have a rock song that doesn't have distortion is wrong. I think sure. we can pretty much agree on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been tons of great rock songs that don't have distortion. Sure. Um, but y- y- you can even look at – so when people would say Rocket 88 and I'd be like, well, historians can't even agree on that because they don't like the shuffle rhythm. If you have the more hard eight on the four on the floor like you said, that was pop prominent with Chuck Berry. That's what a lot of people say. But if you want those characteristics in a song and you look two years backwards to 1949's Rock a While by Gory Carter, it has all the same elements minus the distortion. Why isn't that considered the first rock song? It's because sure. it didn't have the same PR. Right. But also you can just kind of tell when people don't read past the first two lines on a Wikipedia article. And that's what I actually ended up saying to some guy who said something like, oh, it's surprising to me that you would say as like, you know, study or music that that it's widely considered when most music historians agree that it's Rocket 88. I'm like, they, they really don't anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's like you'll see articles that's like you'll see articles and they'll all say a different song and they'll say historians widely agree it's one of these. <laughs> and right. that's the thing is it, it, it will see that for different articles because historians generally it's like it's one of these. 
if you, it depends on how you define early rock. Does, right. Can it have a shuffle rhythm or not? Does it need to have distortion or not? Does it just need to combine these elements? Does it need to be a crossover hit between gospel, pop, and contain these things? Sure. Does it need to have like like a electrified guitar, country guitar riffs uh, with an R&B beat and some gospel influences and some blues in there? Like, because if those if that's what it is, then it's strange things happening every day by Sister Rosetta Tharp was the first hit song in 1944 right. that contained those elements. If you want to look, if you want to look at other songs, there are there are lots of great contenders. But I'm just saying my point's defensible. My sure. favorite, though, my favorite was the guy who came in and said um, something like, uh, "He, we were we were having an argument, and he said." Oh, he said my arrogance was unwarranted and I was just kind of tired. I'm like, I think it's pretty warranted. Ad hominem. And then he said, um, I have a degree in music. What's your degree in? <laughs> These liberal elites are throwing around their pieces of paper. Yeah. What's my degree in? Thanks for playing. Right. I'm, so I told him he did not like that. He did not like that, Andrew. I've never, never, never have I pulled that out outside of like a job application sure. process. I, my degree is in music business and songwriting with an emphasis in leadership from Belmont University, where I graduated in with honors. Summa cum laude. Thanks for playing. He did not like that. <laughs> he no longer responded to that thread. And then he said he wasn't going to stop responding because he, quote, had the time after I pointed out that he was only helping feed the algorithm and giving me more views. Right. He only blocked me when I told him he was making me more powerful. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. <laughs> I'm actually two for two with that line when people just won't shut the hell up on my right. comments. Yep. I I sure thanks for the algorithm bump you're only making me more powerful <laughs> this isn't even my final form my brother hit a hundred thousand followers on tiktok wow <laughs> how because he's a very talented artist ah that would that's be literally it he doesn't like it's not like tiktok dances or anything he just draws wrestlers sports ball people and like um pop culture figures well, that's cool it's really cool he does like lives where he's like does the drawings and he's very engaging well anyways uh my takeaway from that is one i i I also enjoy pulling the my degree card when it's relevant which isn't super often but, but it's fun when it is. I, I don't I don't like to do it. I wouldn't have done it if he wasn't such an asshole about it. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't like to pull it just like for the power trip. But when someone's like, because like my degree is theology. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's not tactic. It says my degree on paper says um, Bachelor of Arts in Youth Ministry with a, um emphasis in intercultural ministries. What that really means is I have a degree in theology slash organizational dynamics. 
because uh, that's what, what the ministry part of it ends up pulling together. And then the intercultural part was I just took a lot of anthropology classes on top of that to look at how the world works, human nature, uh, realizing that America is not the only country in the world. Uh, and so that's that's what my degree was in, and that served me very well. So when someone wants to say, well, this, this, and this about you know theology – and from a very evangelical, uh, like uh, North American ethnocentric perspective, that is completely ignorant of how big the world is and how much depth there is into what was originally an Eastern religion uh, or Middle Eastern based religion. Uh, I'm like, all right, have you considered this? They're like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm a Theo bro. I, I read John Piper's books. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a degree. I studied <laughs> this for years and. Okay. I yeah, I think That's my that the, the the playing the degree should only be used as a reverse Uno card. Yep. I I really do. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, it should really only be used as reverse Uno. <laughs> yeah, because I I don't like doing the do you know who I because like whatever like I I don't think I know everything. If anything, my degree taught me that I don't know so much more than I thought I did. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I'm wrong about things. I'm wrong a lot, actually. Normally, I just try to say, okay. Yep. Guess I was wrong. That's it. I happened, that happened earlier, I guess, in the week. I feel like I used the word trademark when I meant to say copyright about something. Mm. And then some guy was kind of snarky with me. He was, it was like in my friend's comment thread. I'm like, I'm not about to have an argument with you about this, sir. So I said, Okay. You can tell sometimes you can tell when someone just wants to have an argument about something. I'm like, this I'm not gonna spoil my friend's comment thread. Sure. Because you are apparently having a bad day. Um, <laughs> I deleted Facebook from my phone again. I when I got my new phone, I had to load it to get um for a couple different reasons, like getting into Messenger and stuff, because I do keep yeah. Messenger. Mm-hmm. And then Messenger's I Messenger's great. I, I had it on my phone for yeah, about a month. Yeah, had had to go. And this is terrible. I, I. But how will you know when Noah is 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 being Noah in sixty cycle? Huh? I check on my laptop every couple of days, but I also did not check social media for four days straight this week, like at all. Like not a single piece. Of, I didn't check headlines. I didn't check Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, nothing. And I barely I barely touched the Discord server. Um. Well, I, so I did interact with the Discord server. I just ignored the Star Wars talk because I bought the Star Wars talk is overwhelming. Oh, it's so much fun. I, I, I that's that's one of my favorites right now, especially with Book of Boba Fett finale. But the the finale for Book of Boba Fett was this week, and I bought the TV on Wednesday. Didn't have time to hang it up uh, and get like I tried to hang it up Wednesday night. Didn't get it was done hanging it by like midnight, and I wasn't going to stay up another hour to watch the finale because I had work in the morning. Thursday night was busy. Friday night, um, finally got around to watching it. Uh, but And then I knew like Tuesday, I didn't want to see like any preliminary spoilers or anything. So I just like four days straight, nothing. And you want to know? Uh, I I almost want to just to not delete my Instagram, but just like take the app off my phone and just check it on the browser once a month. Once a month? Something like that. Just, but... Instagram is hemorrhaging losers, losers, and they don't even. 
can we just talk about Instagram real quick? Sure. So Instagram has this. They they changed their their UI lately. Yeah. Recently. So on the bottom here, from a UI perspective, is the most important things that you want somebody to do. Right. Notice how post isn't any one of these. Right. Now post is way up here. Yes. They don't want you to post. They just want you to look at shit. Yep. They don't care about creators at all, as is evident by they literally don't give a shit about – they have straight up told creators – that photo posts are not going to get non-organic, like not reach outside of your immediate followers. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. They're like, we're not going to, there's not going to get recommended outside. You have to make reels now. Right. It's their platform. They can do what they want, but reels is so much more effort. But the other I mean, frustrating. they're trying to compete with TikTok. Oh, absolutely. What, what else is new? Zuckerberg stealing other people's ideas? Like, come on. But I, I, no, I, I've, it's so much easier for me to doom scroll in reels. Uh, and I, I don't like that at all. Uh, I fell into the doom scroll trap a little bit Monday night. And like next thing I know, I was like, oh, that was an hour and a half. And it's time for me to go to bed. And I'm still wired because I've been staring at a screen. It's way too easy. So yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that part. I've also started utilizing my like phone OS to turn it off, like turn off certain apps for hours of the day. So right now it's at four of my work hours of the day, but I almost want to like, and then I go to do not disturb an hour before bed. My phone goes to black and white and I don't get notifications. So like my window to actually check is like really small on a, on, on a daily basis. I almost want to make it smaller. Kind of want to give myself like a 30 minute window at the end of the day, just to quick check notifications and log off. Be a more present I've been more present. I feel less anxious. Uh, That's good. You talk about like I'm an addict. (laughs) I got to, we are. I got to stop playing Pokemon right before bed because then I'm just like too hyped up. The new Pokemon game. Mm -hmm. I stopped playing it like, I'm like, okay, stop playing it at eight o'clock. Because if I play it after eight o'clock, I just like have weird Pokemon dreams and I don't want that. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) That sounds frightening. It's actually really – it's such a fun little game. You know what I want Instagram to be? What? Actually social media for me to interact with my friends because I just message like 90% of what I do on the app outside of doom scrolling, which I don't want to be doing. So most of what I want to actually do on the app is just comment on friends' photos and message friends to coordinate things because it's a lot easier to keep for friends who are constantly changing phone numbers and stuff like that. For financial uh, reasons, I hate I hate Instagram messaging. I wish people would stop sending me messages on Instagram. I mean, it's the only reason. That's the only thing I keep on my phone. Facebook wise is the Messenger app. It's just so I can keep in touch with people. For people who don't live in the U.S., because I've got a lot of international friends, uh, and for people who, or honestly, that's just what they use anyways. That's the bulk mm-hmm. of what I want to use it for. Is just keeping in touch with. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I try to keep up with Fox Cairo socials. Um, around black friday and i got so burned so quickly trying to keep up with daily posting Ugh. just schedule that shit out yeah that's what i would do i don't like well yeah it is better to like post daily and i've been trying to do that right but it's it's exhausting it's not necessarily healthy uh so 
Yeah. I think I need more coffee. I think. Um, I need to run to the store and grab some veggies. Yeah. All right. It's time, well, to, um, time to hit Super Bowl mode. We're going to. Uh, I'm so scared. Don't be scared. I'm so nervous. Don't be mad. Be glad. Well, um, please like, comment, subscribe below. Please leave a review and rating on iTunes. Indeed. iTunes. The uh, show. This is a good place. Um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash getoffset. We have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, we have sponsorship spots available. Indeed. Do it. I will well, do thanks. all the ad rolls. <laughs> well, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. Goodbye. Bye. You remember to say goodbye this time. I did. <laughs>